Before everything had changed, Lisa had been at work. Do me a favour, Lisa, and you'll be my favourite for the day, asked Kim, using her cutesy I-need-a-favour voice as she came around to the staff side of the bar. It was unnecessary. She owned the place. I know you're due a break, but could you go and do table ten for me first? I've just got to sort out some change. Would you mind? No, it's okay, replied Lisa, tired but happy to help, as ever. The bar had been quieter than usual that day. The rain had kept people away, even during the lunchtime rush. But Lisa's late-night studying the previous evening was taking its toll. Despite several coffees, she could barely keep her eyes open. If she tried to recall anything about the intricacies of the endocrine system now, all she got in return was an impenetrable fog. She began to wonder if the last-minute study session had just been a waste of time. But could she be blamed for wanting to get some extra time in with the books? The exam was on Monday, and she'd known that she'd be working all weekend. It had been her only chance. Paying the rent was one thing, but it meant nothing if she couldn't pass this module. Final year, final chance. That was the mantra she kept repeating to herself every time an opportunity to party, or drunk friends, came calling. Thanks, said Kim, already taking the tray out of the till. Have an extra five minutes on your lunch. I appreciate it. She disappeared into the back office, tray in hand, and Lisa again found herself wondering if maybe, just maybe, she was a little bit too soft for her own good. She sighed and grabbed an order pad and pen. Her eyes fell on Chris at the other end of the bar, who was looking after any drink orders that came in. There hadn't been many so far during that dreary, quiet afternoon. The small, dark mahogany-effect tables that were dotted along the narrow, olive-green-coloured walls of the bar were pretty much empty. The only other patrons in there were a young couple, lost in the middle of finishing off their beer-battered cotton chips, and a slightly sweaty man in a grey suit that hadn't gotten off his phone in the entire time he'd been there, along with two women who were simultaneously nursing orange juices and newborn children. There was also, she now saw, the man on table ten. He was surprisingly well-dressed for the middle of the day, a three-piece blue suit and tie which, despite its inherent smartness, looked as faded and old as the man wearing it. He looked about sixty, with thinning silver hair that was slicked back upon his head. His thin right hand was nervously caressing a cup of tea, turning it around and constantly passing its handle back and forth between his fingers. His gaze flicked around the room, his eyes darting here and there as if he were watching a fly performing aerial acrobatics. He looked decidedly uncomfortable, and despite her usually caring nature, Lisa found her tired mind rolling its imaginary eyes with mild annoyance. Great. I have to deal with the crazies again. She hadn't seen him come in. Hadn't seen him order his tea. She must have been doing the stock check in the cellar at the time. But there he was now, tucked away at the corner table like a frightened mouse, his seat wedged right into the valley of the two walls as if he were trying to disappear into them. It was also the table, Lisa would realise when she thought about it all later, when she thought about it during the first of what would become an unending number of mental visits back to that shocking day. That gave him the best view of the whole bar, and the one that was furthest away from the glass wall that ran along one side of the building. His head came up immediately as she crossed around to the public side of the bar itself, her movement instantly catching his attention. He looks like a frightened mouse, she thought again to herself, and then checked the thought almost as soon as it came. The description was inaccurate. He didn't look like a frightened mouse at all, but rather like an animal with a precious meal, an animal that has seen another creature appear in the near distance, watchful, cautious, ready to act. His eyes were a shockingly clear, crisp blue. She could see that even from the other side of the room as she made her way over. 
Forcing herself to smile, Lisa raised the pad, feeling an odd compulsion to telegraph her intentions. Hi, are you ready to order? she asked, as brightly as she could manage through both her tiredness and her discomfort around the man. He just radiated alarm. He regarded her face for a moment, steely blue eyes staring intently at her as if she was someone to be vetted, someone who may harbour hidden intentions. His gaze then dropped, and he actually began to look her up and down. Despite the fact that she was already unnerved by the man, something about the way he did this didn't make Lisa think that he was being a pervert. This wasn't a lustful gaze, and Lisa would know one when she saw it.